0: Uh, my name is Emmanuel, and it's been a joy being here at Prov for a few or several months, actually. It's been awesome, in this morning, it's really cool that you are here. If this is your first time, thank you for being at Prov. If this is your second time, thank you for being at Prov. And if this is your 100th time, uh, glad that you are here. There's a hero who was on a run. And he's on the run from the king, from the ruler of his nation. This king was chasing him and wanted to eradicate him, wanted to kill him. And all the hero did was several years ago, uh, this hero, when he was younger, he risked his life on behalf of the king in defeating a great warrior. Shortly after that, he went to fight battles for the king, for the ruler, defeating the enemies of the king. The king at one point said, hey, because you've been such a great warrior, because you've done some great things for me and for this nation, uh, here's my daughter for you to marry. Which in their day, if you marry the king's daughter, you are essentially have the capability to become a ruler. But he never once went after that. And because of this, the king attempted to kill him several times. And here he was on the run for sacrificing his life, for risking his life. The reward was to run away. Thankfully, however, as he's running, family members, his uncles, aunts, cousins, brothers, and other people who were in trouble with the law joined him, and a small militia began to form. About 200 of these people. And they are living in the desert. In fact, the desert is called the Desert of Ngedi. This is a section of the desert where their families could thrive, there's water, there's hills on both sides, and so if enemy attacks you, you are well protected. One day, I'm sure they're probably training or just hanging out, doing whatever it is you do in the desert, and our hero hears from the scouts that the king who's looking for you is on his way here. About 3,000 men. Panic, I'm sure, kicks in. He tells the camp to quiet down. I'm sure the moms are taking their little kids and going into the tents. Takes about five men to see if they can get to a spot where they can better see the situation and make assessments. They're going through a cave. As they're going through the outside of the cave, all of a sudden, maybe about... 20 feet in front of him, the hero sees the king using the restroom (laughs) by himself, no guards. The king who was attempting to kill him, to eradicate him, here's the opportunity to do what was expected in his day. We are going through a series called Roots and Fruits. Roots and fruit, And we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit, from love all the way until self-control. And the big idea, the big theme over this series is, if we have uh, healthy roots, what comes out of us, the fruit will also be what? Healthy. Healthy roots produce healthy fruits. And today we're looking at the fruit known as Gentleness. Gentleness. In the Greek, the word for gentleness is pahutas. Everyone say pahutas. Pahutas. Now you're Greek speakers. (laughs) Lighting or uh, house, house, lighthouse chats, you know. (laughs) Pahutas. And the word pahutas can be translated as meekness or meek, mildness or humility. And this word speaks about people who have the characteristics to ground their identity and how they handle relationships not in power or pride. And throughout scripture, these are the kind of people who have God on their side. You want God to fight your battle. You want God to be on your side. Be a person of gentleness, of humility. And usually God is on their side because they're being exploited, taken advantage of by those who are arrogant, those who are wealthy sometimes, and those who have power. You know, throughout history, those who have power have used violence to take advantage of other people, to abuse them. And even in our day, we still see that take place. I heard an awful story recently about a young man who was killed for stealing a car. Now, he wasn't doing the right thing, but it's not the right response. Right? Our society is full of violence and anger. In fact, our video games, our movies and TV shows, uh, books. I've heard recently that women love thrillers. I don't know why, but it's a thing. Right? We're, we, we are captured by violence. It draws our attention. And violence is the opposite of gentleness. And as people of God, Christ calls us to be gentle. In fact, when Christ uh, uh, ushers his kingdom, he says, hey, blessed are the poor, blessed are the, 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 um, the, the weak. And he says in verse 5 of Matthew 5, hey, blessed are the parrotes, gentle, meekness, yeah, humble. Why? Because they will inherit the earth. So for people of Christ, we are to be people who are gentle who are humble, who are meek. But how do we live as gentle people? How can we be humble in our actions? How can we be known as those who are meek? We we find it in our passage this morning. If you haven't guessed it already, our hero is none other than David. David defeated a giant, a great warrior, Overtook him. David joined Saul's army and went battle after battle, defeating Saul's enemies for David, or for for King Saul. He married Saul's daughter, but never once does he attempt to take the throne. And for that, David is on the run. Because Saul is attempting to end his life. And so here's David in a cave. And before him is Saul. And David's men are encouraging David, hey, brother, here's Saul. Take him. In fact, look at verse 4, what the men say. Look, this is the day the Lord told you about. Basically say, hey, David, you've written Psalms. And in one of your Psalms, you write about how the Lord will give your enemies to you. Guess what, Dave? It's today. King Saul is right in front of you. So his men are encouraging him, hey, do what you need to do. In fact, if David did this, it would not be out of the ordinary. Because in those days, if you wanted power, you took power by getting rid of the person who's in power. Mm -hmm. So David, if David kills Saul, no one would say, oh, my gosh, he's doing what is normal in his culture. In fact, the men say, guess what, David, the Lord even is encouraging you to do this. The Lord spoke about this day, and now it's... Before you, to do as you desire, to do as you see fit. David responds, but not doing that. Instead, he quietly walks over Saul, takes a dagger or knife, and begins to cut the edge of Saul's robe. Saul gets up, goes back outside the cave, and David slowly follows the king. And from the mouth of the cave, he says, Saul, King Saul. And Saul stops, turns around. And David, though, David has power at this point. It says the, the text says, David bows before Saul, he humbles himself before the king. He says, Saul, I had the right, I had the capability to end your life just now. Here's the evidence of it. Here's your robe. I could have killed you, but I didn't. I could have ended your life, but I did not. What we see here is David expressing or being gentle. David is being gentle. He could have eradicated him. His men are encouraging him to do this, but instead he refused. And he acted differently towards Saul. Saul. Now, why does David do this? Why is David gentle towards Saul? Why doesn't David end Saul's life when he possibly could? Look at verse 5. After the men are encouraging him to end Saul's life, David says this, we find out afterwards, David's conscience bothered him because he cut the corner of Saul's robe. So he said to his men, I swear before the Lord, I would never do such a thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed." I will never lift my, my hand against him since he is the Lord's anointed. David is saying, Hey, I will not do what I need to do based on our culture. I will not treat me violence with violence. Why? It says his heart was, was stricken. His conscience was bugging him. In fact, in verse 10, later on when David's recounting the story to King Saul, David says, I took pity. On you. I felt for you. Why is David able to be gentle towards Saul? He felt for him. In other words, he was considerate of Saul. We are gentle with others when we are considerate of the other person, we are gentle with others when we are considerate of others. Because here's the the thing, we're usually gentle with the things that we value, right? I get angry and frustrated towards things I don't really care about. But if I value you, if I care about you, my response to you will be gentle because I value you, because I am considering your emotions, your thoughts. I mean, consider a, a criminal on one side. And a doctor. Both types of people wield a weapon, you could say, that could harm you. One uses it to harm you because he has no value. He doesn't care about you. He's not considering you. While the doctor will use a knife gently because why? They value you. They care about you. We are gentle with others when we value who they And this is where David was. In fact, David even says he was considerate. He took pity on the the king, on Saul. Because Saul was the Lord's anointed. Saul was the Lord's anointed. What's interesting is several years prior to this, David himself was anointed by, by the prophet Samuel. And so David could have killed the king. Great. But he put himself in Saul's shoes. Because one day he will be king, and when he's king, guess what? Someone else could do what? Kill him. And that wouldn't be good for him. He put himself in Saul's shoe. Because he was considerate. He was thinking about Saul. This reminds me of Jesus. I'm reminded in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, chapter 5, verse 2, that Christ is our great high priest who's gone to the heavens. And as great as Christ is, we're told that Christ is able to empathize and sympathize with us in our weakness. He meets us where we're at. And in verse 2 chapter 5, we're told that he deals with us gently, not harsh, but gently. Why? Because he associates with our weakness. God knows when you're suffering. God experiences your pain. Why? Not from a distance. Why? But from jumping into where we are at. I'm reminded of a story. Um, Eli Wazel, a Jewish Holocaust survivor. In the book, Night, he shares about his experience in the camps, and it's terrible. At one point, they're having to observe an evil thing take place. And as he's watching this, in the back of his mind, he hears a voice that says, where is God in the midst of the suffering? Where is God in the midst of these people who are being executed? Are the people, the Jewish people, are suffering across across the country, across Europe? Where is God in the midst of this? A different thought came to his head. So God is there. Hanging with people who are dying. God feels us, not from a distance, but from associating, from joining, from being where we are at. That's true of our God. It should be true of his people. We're to be gentle towards others by being considerate of them, by putting ourselves in their shoes, in their place. A second ago, Jason talked about the goal that the city has for us. Can we put ourselves in the shoes of those who experience the cold? Every once in a while in the winter, I I love being barefoot in general, it's just awesome. I hate shoes, okay, barefoot is, that's cool. But every once in a while, I'll take a trash out to our garage and it's snowing outside. I'm walking there barefoot and it's really cold. A thought comes to my mind. There are people in the city who are experiencing this right now. How awful, how difficult would it be to be in their shoe? Can we put ourselves in someone else's shoe? Now, I am not going to say go and be gentle. Throughout the series, we've had a theme when it comes to the application of the fruit. The theme has not been go and be loving, go and be uh, kind, go and be good. Why? We cannot do these things on our own. We can try over and over again. We can do it for a week, but eventually we give up. Instead, I want to remind us, I want to encourage us, instead of going to do this on our own, let's rely on the Spirit, let's rely on Jesus. Let's rely on our God. Why? Because the Lord is the root. And if we put ourselves in the Lord, guess what happens? We will automatically produce fruit. If we are following after Jesus, if we are living the way he's living, if we are going where he's going, when when we are considerate as Christ is considerate, guess what happens? We will be gentle. So let's have a healthy root and produce the fruit by doing so. Now, how do we have a healthy root? How do we rely on Jesus? Well, I just want to give us two things to practice this week. The first is pause and pray. Pause and pray. Every week is a Sabbath where we rest. But maybe every single day, take five minutes to Pause. When someone responds or acts a certain way towards you, pause and pray. My son Ambrose, uh, just turned five, and uh, about a year ago, he got into this show called Daniel Tiger. I don't know if you all heard about it. Uh, One of the episodes has a song that's still in my head, which basically goes, I'm not going to sing it. Thank the Lord. But it basically says, when you're feeling mad and you want to roar, take a deep breath and count to four. Thank you, thank you. Pause. This week, take a moment, stop, and communicate to your father. Communicate to your brother. Communicate to the comforter. Talk to him. Hey, this person said this, this person did that, and I want to respond in this way. I want to respond in anger, but what do you have of me? pause and pray. We follow Jesus. We are rooted in the spirit. Put yourself in someone else's shoe. When I was in high school, our, our youth group did this whole project where we would essentially go and uh, live in boxes for a weekend and only eat rice and beans. What was cool about that experience is we got to see, we got to experience what it's like to live in such condition. And our hearts were changed. Can we go and put ourselves in someone else's shoe? Literally, mentally, however you can. Pause and pray and put yourself in someone else's shoe. So David tells Saul, I could have killed you, but I took pity on you. I was considerate of you. I was gentle towards you. And what's cool is we're told in verse 17 following what Saul says. He says, David, you are more righteous than I. For you have done what is good to me, though I have done what is evil to you. You yourself told me today what good you did for me. When the Lord handed me over to you, you didn't kill me. When a man finds his enemy, does he let them go unharmed? May the Lord repay you with good for what you have done for me today. Now I know for certain that you will be king and the kingdom of Israel will be established in your hand. Check this out. Saul says to David, "You are more righteous than I am." And righteousness is who God is. God is not simply righteous. God or half righteous. God is righteous. And Saul says, David, you are like God. Not only that, Saul says this, David, you are going to be king. The very reason Saul went after David was prevented from being king. But now, because David was gentle towards them, Saul says, you will be king. Not only king, you will be a better king than I because you will establish Israel. When we are gentle towards other people, our enemies, those who uh, uh, bug us, those we cannot stand, guess what? They will even speak good towards us. Are we people who are gentle because we're considerate of other people? Because if we are, people will see us and see the righteous king, Jesus. They will look at us they will say, there goes those who will one day inherit the earth. We are gentle with others. We are considerate of others. Let's bow our heads. I don't know where you're at and what people call the faith journey. Maybe you're a Christian. Maybe you're not. But this morning, the Lord has you here for a reason. And I hope here in the next moments, I I pray as you reflect on your life. Maybe you've been gentle, maybe you have not been, maybe you're not following Christ at all. Up here, we have the prayer team who would love to pray with you and pray for you. Come and see them. We have a God who meets us where we're at. We have a God who loves us, who cares for us, and who deals with us gently. Father God, we thank you. Because you are a gentle king, a gentle God. And when we're not gentle, when we're not considerate, you still remain so towards us. Holy Spirit, may you grow the fruit of gentleness in our lives. That when people see us, they see Christ. Lord, search our hearts, our minds, and transform us to be more like you. All for the advancement and glory of your name and your kingdom. Amen.